what's happened. Got a shower and my nose fell out. Let's have a look. I was booing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Poo was coming out of every hole in my body, <laughs> like liquid. Well, three times well, it's totally clean. She's done. This course is running. I'm on my way. So I kicked cancer's ass in the last three weeks. I barely knocked it over. Hi, I'm Becky. Thanks for tuning in and listening to After, a podcast about looking, learning, and living life after. I know it's been a little while since I was on again. I got that horrible cold back, and I've not been able to shift it. It seems that all I've done for the past couple of episodes is moan about my croaky voice. I'm not sure if it's the same for everyone who has faced loss. I do know from reading different perspectives and things online and talking to other people in similar situations to me that my experience and anxieties about New Year are about the same as theirs. So although it might not be for everyone, my experience is that um, the feelings are the same. I find it to be one of the hardest times of year, basically. It's just a huge reminder about the passing of time. I kind of get swept up in the in time moving along week to week and then month to month. And if I'm honest, I don't really think about it. It's not like at the forefront of my conscious, consci- conscious, conscience. I don't think about time moving forward daily, really. But when it comes to anniversaries and birthdays and especially New Year, there's really just no escaping it. The whole festive period can be hard for lots of people in many different circumstances, not just those who have had a bereavement or faced a loss. I actually found this Christmas, which was our third Christmas without Chris, a, a little bit calmer. That might be because the kids are getting a bit older or that the stuff that they got from Santa didn't require any actual building, clever Santa, or the input of batteries with one... and with only having one pair of hands. But I also think that I was a bit more prepared for what what might trip me up mentally and emotionally. And I was just a bit kinder to myself until the lead up to it. Um, I know I've talked before about not really liking winter and I think I'm like taking that on board properly this year and being fully aware of it. I try not to put too much pressure on myself this year to try and make everything perfect have this, um, I don't really want to call it a habit, but I have this habit. It's a thing that I'm stuck in of trying to be maybe overcompensate when it comes to the kids. Not with stuff really, but with the magic of Christmas. And that's really difficult for someone who doesn't really like Christmas and struggles through winter to try and maintain that balance um, and not be too hard on myself. Don't get me wrong, Although this Christmas might have felt calmer, there were still quiet moments where I still felt really quite lonely. And the loss feels greater in some of those moments, knowing how much Chris would enjoy being around and how much we miss him being here. But for whatever reason, this Christmas didn't feel as raw as last Christmas. I'm not saying that's it, that it's forever and now every Christmas... Every year will feel calm and that I'll never get tripped up around this time of year again because I, I probably might and it's likely that I will do because who knows what's going to happen. But for this year, I managed to actually enjoy some of it, which is <laughs> it's a massive thing. Um, we all know I'm not a fan of this time of year in general anyway, for, so for me to actually say that I enjoyed some of Christmas is a real big step forward. 
I have said before that people in different circumstances feel similar emotions. So someone who is newly separated or a single parent or maybe suffers a strained relationship with family or is non-communicative, or that's a long word for me, um, with family members, Christmas might be lonely and hard work. When you look around and family units are everywhere you turn and everyone seems to be looking forward to having a great time if you're not in that space and you're not feeling that it can feel like you're the only one having any negative feelings and that's the whole of the christmas period and for many different circumstances but i do think and this is obviously only my own opinion and viewpoint that new year is especially hard for those of us that are bereaved and grieving I personally find it one of the most difficult times of year. I think it's hard to be celebrating the passage of time. New Year comes and, well I, but I'm sure the feeling must be the same for anyone bereaved, is that I don't want to look forward. I don't want to be thinking about planning for a better year or get excited for what's to come or changes that we're going to make to who we are or the things that we do. Because the person who has died the person we are missing is never ever going to be a part of that new year and a part of those changes. Whereas with any other situation, apart from bereavement, there is an element of being able to move on and make resolutions and the new year comes as a good thing, if that's your thing, resolutions, I know it's not for everyone. But there's the element of trying to improve the direction of a new year. It's just not the same for me um, because I don't, I don't want to improve without him being there. And I imagine most people who've suffered a loss might feel the same. I mean, I, I might be getting this totally wrong. The first new year, so 2017 into 20, 2018, without Chris, I actually dreaded it. It made me feel sick to my stomach. It took me a very long time to actually decide what I wanted to do at that time of year, because I just wasn't sure how I was gonna feel on the actual day. And I know a lot of people just forget about New Year anyway, regardless of anything going on or it's just treated as another day. And that's that was always an option for me. But me and Chris, uh, we'd always celebrated New Year's Eve with friends. And apart from a couple of years where I got like a real bad tonsillitis, septic tonsillitis, couldn't get out of bed. Before Chris was diagnosed, we always had a babysitter. So it was a night for us, just like me and Chris and our friends over the Christmas period, over the festive period. So it had always been a like a night we looked forward to. Regardless of being New Year, it was just a night like just for us. So when it came to thinking of just that night alone, regardless of it being into the next New Year without Chris, it just was really hard to think about. In the end, like with most things, um, I talked to the kids in the lead up to that first New Year's Eve. Well, Lily mainly, Sam had no idea what was going on. Just to give her an idea of what, what I was thinking, where my headspace was at and what I might be planning to do. I mean, I've said it before and I, it probably won't be the last time I say it. But for anything big like, that, like this, she likes to keep a routine. So she likes to keep things very sim similar, if not almost the same as what we would have done with Chris around. In 2016, we'd hosted a big New Year's Eve party here at our, at our house with some of our friends. And all the kids had stayed up late and I bought them some schlur, I think it was, some fizzy apple juice. And told them it was children's wine and we had a really good time, quizzes and games. And it was just a lot of fun. 
Um, and that new year, as well as celebrating going into 2017, it was kind of a celebration because Chris had just finished his treatment, he'd had his amputation and we were, thought we were moving on from that. We thought that 2016 was the worst year ever. And that new year, we were so positive about what was to come and about how we were going to go on living our lives. We had big holidays planned and booked, we hadn't told the kids about. Um, and we were really looking forward to adapting to this new way of life because we were not only adapting to life after Chris's cancer, but also adapting to life as Chris living with a disability. I mean, he was had, had one leg. So it was all that that we were looking forward to and trying to overcome and keep going. So that New Year party on 2016 was something that she remembers. She remembers having a brilliant time. She remembers us all being together. Um, she remembers Chris being there and us being happy. That was like a really happy time for us and something that we all really enjoyed. So she wanted to spend like 2017 into 2018 with friends again. I think mainly because she knew that I might have <laughs> made her go to bed at around a normalish time and we stayed at home by ourselves um, and she wanted a late night. But also she likes to be surrounded by people people when it comes to things like this and she know that days or moments that she knows might be a bit emotional for us all or where she feels that we might miss Chris a bit more than, not that we miss him any more than normal, but where it's at the forefront of our thoughts. In the end, um, I actually decided that I didn't want to, well, I couldn't be alone. I didn't want to be alone at all. And it was really a last minute decision. I decided to stay at home, but invited some friends round, nipped to Asda in the day um, for some pizzas and snacks to throw in, uh, pizzas to throw in, not snacks to throw in, the snacks were just crisps and bits. And like I said, a few friends came round and it wasn't really a party as such. So it was nothing like the year before at all. It was really relaxed, really quite quiet, actually. We just chatted, listened to music, and the kids played together nice again, and it was that, like Lily had a good night again. And I remember at midnight, we didn't wish, we didn't wish each other a happy new year. We just said uh, new year to each other, or they said new year to me. Um, they might have actually, actually, thinking about it, they might have actually added the happy amongst themselves. But to me, they just said new year. Because, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, about not wanting to celebrate going into a new year. Um, but they knew it wasn't going to be happy, that it, it couldn't be happy without Chris in it. And they knew that. And I really appreciate them for thinking about that and saying that to me and just having that thought of dropping the happy. They knew that the kids and I and they were going to be faced with a year of first and navigating how we were going to get through it all and not really knowing what was to come. And now... I'm really glad that we did that and we didn't just stay in by ourselves and we faced that moment head on. But I I also fully understand why people do treat it as any other night and go to bed at 10 o'clock and wake up and just as another day. And in these situations, it's really a case of what works for individual families. For us, it was to be surrounded by people, but all equally, I fully understand how People would just want to go to bed and forget it was anything different to any other year. This year, again, we spent the evening with friends at a friend's house this time. Um, we did last year as well, actually, um, but I ended up with this really bad cough shock horror. Seems to follow me around at this time of year. Tonsillitis a few years and then this bad chest the last two years. So we kind of set a precedent in 2017 and we've continued to spend the evening the same way the following years. The first new year without Chris, I carried just so much anxiety, a lot of anxiety about what was to come. 
how I would cope and how I would help the children cope. It was going to be the year of first, and that is so daunting for someone who is newly bereaved and grieving because you just don't know how you're ever going to get through any time without that person. And also, it's the first year that Chris was not going to get to see. He didn't get to see it. He was never going to be in it. He was never going to op- occupy any of the same time as I did from now on. And the passing into a new year just seemed to magnify the time between him being here and not. And that's not changed in any new year going forward. We might spend it with friends and we might surround ourselves with people, but actually those thoughts and those feelings and those anxieties about how we're going to face the next year are still there. They don't go anywhere. I think that's why I found the second year without him much harder um, than the first year, the year of first. Because although we had lived through the first and the first of something is something that I want to explore at a different time because that's, that's how you can talk about that and how you approach all those firsts and the feelings around all those firsts. So I do want to go into that in more depth because that's probably for another time, I think. So we'd lived through that. The second year brought with it a reality and with the reality of this now being our life and that's, this being something that I don't just have to get through for one year, I'm going to have to keep getting through. It brings with it distance, distance from the person. I went from being able to say a few months ago, well, from a few weeks ago, a few months ago, to saying this year, and then last year, and then that all starts to change. And now I'm getting to a stage where I have to think about what year things happened in and when that happened. And a lot of things, really, they still feel so recent. And when you have to think about that passage of time and the things that have happened within that time both bad and good because um, I mean there's been bad times over the past two years but also really good times and also think about things that I that I've had to deal with and the kids have had to deal with and the moments we've experienced or memories we've made without Chris being around that can become quite overwhelming uh, in a like a thinking about the time aspect it actually often takes my breath away I mean it, like sometimes I can be looking back at like Sam, when Chris was here, and how little he was, to how he is now. And it feels like a punch to the stomach all over again. Just thinking about how much has changed and how long I've lived missing him and how long we've lived with him missing from us. And like I said, how much the kids have grown in that time. It's in those moments, it really is, where my heart still physically hurts. And it's, it's a hard thing to explain that when I say my heart physically hurts. I think if you've ever lost anyone, you can be going along, being in a good place, not a good time, but being in a good place, and then something happens or there's a wave of grief and you can physically feel your heart being crushed again. New Year is just no different. That being said, I've actually felt quite drawn to this New Year. Yeah, for a good few months. I kept, in in 2019, I, I kept thinking it was already 2020 and that we'd already been through 2019. Actually, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not now to come to think of it. I don't like not wishing my life away, but I'd get confused on the dates. Yeah, it's probably not a good thing. But I felt quite positive about going into this new year, which again is a new feeling. It's been a long time since I felt any positivity at all about a new year beginning and about time moving on. And well, I say positive, apart from the emphasis this time on it being a new decade. 
and everyone looking back over the last 10 years was that whole thing on Facebook and Instagram of like me 10 years ago me now that was really really hard I've, I mean in the, over the last 10 years I've experienced some of the best and some of the absolute worst times of my life and I, it was just so hard to look back at people and I mean rightly so people were positive in that look at me from 10 years and how much has changed and how much I've achieved well actually I'd like to rewind some of those 10 years to redo them and live them again and be a part of them still. It was it was hard for me. I just didn't have it in me to, to look back and try and make any sense of the... Te- it was just too much. It's just too much. It's going into yet another time frame that Chris didn't get to see. He'll never get to see another decade. So I just really tried to concentrate on it being another day, another year, rather than a new decade. Because somehow, if I gave it too much thought, or I thought if I gave it too much thought, and gave this change the significance um, of a new decade, it would make it feel much harder than it already feels. I really don't think the passing of time will ever get any easier going forward. I think I'll just have to keep working out ways of living with it, uh, which is what I hope from now on, and which is why I think I've been feeling quite positive I won't say positive outright but quite positive about this new year it's still really hard to think of any time that Chris will never occupy but I've felt we I mean the kids and kids and I have been navigating our way and finding our feet a bit the past two years and now it's time to fully live with our with with our grief I mean we've we have managed to do that to an extent the past two years but there have been many moments where the grief has led and consumed us and I've let it and I want to maybe try and change that up a little bit. So, I don't know. I just want to try and change it up a little bit, I suppose. Chris wanted us to have amazing experiences. He wanted the kids to go on and create happy memories and for us to be happy. And that was one of his biggest things about the kids not being happy. He didn't want their child childhoods to be ruined. And it, they could quite easily be with this sort of loss. And it's only now that I've felt this kind of shift where I think that it could be possible... Not that they've not been happy so far, because like I think I've done not a bad job so far of keeping them happy and keeping the childhoods as normal as possible. But I think now with this shift, I think my my thoughts and motives are changing a little bit, and maybe that's because I'm like finding myself a little bit bit again. But I'm looking at now trying to live our lives in a way that Chris would be proud of. I mean, he's my inspiration in all the things that I do. And all the things I do with the kids and for the kids, that that way he's always with us. And he's, I mean, we, he's always with us anyway. And I've been feeling that by not living our lives to the full or to the fullest as possible, I've been kind of dishonouring his memory. It's been kind of a disservice because I know how he wanted us to live. And by not fully embracing that, I'm kind of going against his wishes. And I, <laughs> it's, it's a strange, it's a strange concept, I know, but... I think I want to live a life that he'd be proud of. I mean, he'd be proud of us anyway. He's proud of. I know he'd be proud of what we've achieved so far, but I want it to be more than that. I'm not sure either if it's because I, I, I turned 39 in June, so I'll enter the last year of my 30s, and I want to have some amazing experiences for myself as well before I get to 40. I mean, I see a lot, lots of people do these different 40 before 40 or different challenges leading up to turning 40 or reaching milestone ages. Now, I've reached this point in my life where lots of people are reaching milestone ages, are turning 40 and 50 and 
I mean, I keep telling people that the age should be celebrated and we should actually be looking forward to these occasions. And I am, I'm actually looking forward to turning 40. I, it'll be a year of celebration. Like, I'm not to talk about it now, but definitely when it, it gets to next year, there'll be lots of celebrations because not everyone gets to turn 40. I know that. Chris died at 35. He will never turn 40. So turning 40 is a privilege for many people. And it is something we should celebrate. We should celebrate having the opportunity to age and the wisdom and the knowledge and the comfort that that age brings. I've also got already some things planned for this year. So there's some concerts and gigs I'm going to that I've already bought tickets for. We've already planned in some weekends away and a couple of holidays in this country and a holiday abroad already. Um, so it's already given us something to look forward to, something to aim for. And I don't know whether it's now feeling like it's a time to start thriving and knowing that there's lots of adventures I want the kids to have. I don't know, really. It's probably a bit of all those things and a bit of some other things that I've not yet put my finger on as well. I think the first year that without Chris, I was so concerned about getting through the, the year, the year first, I've, I've used that a couple of times this uh, episode, haven't I? I've said that a couple of times. But I was, we kind, I did live like that. I did live that first year like that with adventures. We were away a few weekends. We used to go out at night to the park. We'd go on little adventures. Um, and that changed last year. I mean, I'm not saying we didn't do things. We did and we did have good times. But I think maybe I took, I took the balance of trying to not do too much too far and did too little. I don't know. But I want to get back to those little adventures and doing things that are quite simple but um, create good memories. I've got some inspiration to help us with our adventures too. I bought myself this uh, 100 things to do scratch off bucket list thing and I think that's because I'm coming up to 40 so I wanted 100 ideas that um, I could scratch off. And I got similar things for the kids which is children specific so 100, and thing, 100 things for kids to do. And I've also asked the kids to think about uh, things they want to do this year and they've come back with things like going camping and having a campfire and Sam said fishing, although I've no idea how I'm going to get that organised because I've got not the first idea about fishing. But it's not the first time he's mentioned it. So he's like, and I don't think he'd sit for very long to fish, but I think he just wants the experience. I also bought this Lonely Planet book. Um, it's called, I think it's called The Ultimate UK Guide or something, something like that. And it's got the top 500 experiences in the UK. Um, and there's things like in there that, like Giant's Causeway, like I'd love to go and see the Giant's Causeway and like little things that people have put in there that are like museums and areas of natural beauty and things like that. Um, and I've also got this adventure map that also has lots of ideas of places to visit in the UK. I think the book and the map are more long term rather than just for this year, because I think it's impossible. Well, it's not impossible, is it? But I think it might not be possible for us to cover everything this year but we can get off to a good start i suppose the turn of this new year and then us going into a new decade it's kind of made me start thinking about a, a bucket list of sorts and really think about things i want to experience and i want the kids to experience as they're growing up it's just really made me think about think about that and really want to make plans or not even plans but the opportunity to be some spontaneous within the time within our time within our time it just the opportunity to be spontaneous before chris got ill tried to be spontaneous but we ended up just in this 
general life cycle of working and living and like we got we did things within that time but you do just get kind of stuck in this frame of mind of putting things off for a time that's that's a better time a time when we've done this or we've had that or you know like just constantly putting things off and before we realized it we had no time to put things off anymore and we really need to just start carving out those times now and I, I know it's a cliche but life is really too short really is I remember when we were told the chemo had stopped working again, and I think that was the June, June 2017, and that the tumours were growing, and they were growing quite quick. They started to grow quite quickly at that point. Chris decided to take a break from treatment from, well, like I said, it was June, so over the summer holidays, because, like, I don't work the summer holidays. And I remember us talking to a specialist nurse. It was She was lovely, really brilliant woman, really brilliant nurse. And him saying it's time for the fuck it list <laughs> rather than the bucket list. And I think I actually prefer that because he meant that for the next few months, as much as we could, as much as we could, because he was in quite a lot of pain, he wasn't going to let things stand in the way of him doing anything or seeing people. It's, it's not just about doing things or spending money or extravagance. It was about spending time with people and seeing people. So things we might have put off in the past until a better time or when it was more convenient, we, he was just at this point where he's like, fuck it, let's just do it. And I think that we should all live a bit more like that. Maybe it shouldn't be a bucket list. Maybe we should all have fuck it lists. Like, <laughs> we're like, right, never mind. We have this idea. We don't put it off. We just go, right, we're doing it because it's on that list. And, I, and sometimes I actually feel quite guilty. We put things off for so long over our lives. And don't get me wrong, we did create some amazing memories over that year and we did uh, not over that year but over the years together and did do some great things but if I'd have known that our time was so limited would I have wanted to live our lives differently absolutely because I would have wanted to have more opportunities to say why are we putting this off let's let's just do it right now I mean I can't even begin to imagine how Chris would have felt about all of that apart from the things we wanted to do over the summer actually it was from the beginning of the year not just the summer because obviously he was re-diagnosed and knew that we wouldn't have a lot of time um so we did cram in a lot in 2017 of things and we did literally that's how we lived our lives like let's just do it we want to go out for the day let's just do it we want to go here let's just, obviously money dependent but we was like right okay we want ice cream for tea let's just have ice cream for tea we want you know living just a bit freer we just lived a bit freer without all those constraints and I feel like this year last year especially I've been a bit guilty again of putting things off and I mean I know the fragility and importance of doing things now and not putting things off so that adds an element of guilt as well and maybe why I want to try and shift this and change it and live a bit more freer like we did in 2017 with Chris and then the following year where I think I lived like that it was just like that carried on that's thought process and the way I the way I did things and then like I said I'm not even talking about big grand things that that cost the earth although there is some places that like I would love to go in the world that I'd love to visit and would cost money to visit and would need a bit more planning and couldn't be as spontaneous I have some fairly simple things that I want to be able to do and want to experience like I don't know having a ride on a motorcycle or skydiving most of the things I want, I want are visual and about visiting places of natural beauty and 
places with stunning architecture and views, um, which is where my book and my map come in. Um, like I want to climb a mountain, to be able to say I've climbed a mountain, but just so I can see the views from the top or waking the kids up early so we can go and watch the sunrise. Like one of my favourite things to do when we go to Wales, and we go every year because it's a place that the kids really remember with Chris, and I've already booked to go this year, is to sit on the beach and watch the sunset. And like I do that, and because the weather's been nice, we've been able to do that, and that's one of my favourite things to do with the kids. We actually already go moon chasing, which sounds ridiculous. Um, you know, if there's a big full moon... We go out, we go and get in the car and go out chasing it, moon chasing. It's one of my favourite things to do <laughs> with the kids and they love it. We'll like drive to like, there's like a little road that's got fields at the side of it where you can get a good view of the moon and we go to get a good look at it. And one of my favourite things when we're driving anywhere, like, is the kids will say if there's a nice view, they'll point it out. Sam from the back is like, Mom, look at that view, look how beautiful the view is. And that's just how I want them to see. I want to, them to see the beauty in the world and enjoy the view as we're going. Actually, do you know what? I've just had a thought. I, th- I think I've just realised why we never talked about things Chris would never got to get to do. Because we didn't talk about the things he wouldn't do. We just talked about what we were going to do at that time. And it was because we were just so grateful and happy about those opportunities we were going to have and the memories we were going to be able to make. We didn't think about things like Chris always wanted to go to Australia. We didn't talk about him never getting to Australia because actually we were just so happy that we spent an hour on the beacon in the sunshine. So it's not the big things. It, it can just be the small things as well. And I think when you've gone through something so life-changing and heartbreaking and that has made you question everything about everything you know and about yourself... It is so important to be able to see the good in the small moments, to make plans, but also appreciate living each day as it comes and living the mundane because you've got the opportunity to do that. Look for a bit of magic in each day. Taking every day as it comes is a bit of a mantra of mine. I've said it since Chris was diagnosed because that's all you can do. Don't focus on what's tomorrow or what happened yesterday make the most of what is in front of us and what's happening today. Just look for the good and be grateful for the small things in each day, really. It's those small moments that will have the biggest impact. I've kind of ended up talking about resolutions of sorts, haven't I? Here, it started off as New Year and how we cope with New Year and I've got to hear somehow. Uh, That's just how my mind works, I suppose. Resolutions of sorts, not just for this year, but moving forward and the way I want to live going forward trying to create and live a life that is as fulfilling as possible, where we're truly grateful for the little things. I don't really like traditional resolutions. I think that changes we make in our lives should enrich them and we shouldn't punish ourselves. So it shouldn't be like, I'm not eating chocolate this whole month because you're not going to stick to it and then you'll feel bad. And actually, a little bit of chocolate is is fine within, within um, balance. A little bit of chocolate's fine or a little bit of cake. I like a little bit of cake, you know me. And I'm not saying this year won't be hard or that we're all of a sudden going to stop feeling sad because let me tell you, we're not. I don't think there'll ever be a time where I am not sad about Chris not being here and I don't miss him. There's not a single moment. And there'll be moments and times where again, hit by these waves of grief, Chris will always be missing from everything we do. And I also still think I have a lot of learning to do about myself 
and about this new life we've been forced to live after Chris died. But even though it's not the life I wanted for us or ever dreamed I would be living, that I can't at least try to make it as happy as possible for us all. What I'm hoping going forward is that the good this year will outweigh the bad. Right moments, not, not things that happen, but feelings and emotions. Rather than last year, the second year without Chris, where I struggled so much more, my thoughts were so negative last year, it wasn't good for any of us. And ultimately, I think I'm just really conscious of not wasting our time on this planet. I mean, I have been conscious of that for a long time now. Quite a lot of the last couple of years have been pretty foggy. I think part of learning who I am and how to live after loss is practising the things that I preach and talk about. So I think really that's what, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do for this year and going forward. And hopefully we'll get there and we'll take Chris with us. He's always with us. He's in our thoughts. He's in our memories. It's never about moving on. It's always about moving forward with, with him, with his memory, as our inspiration. And at that point, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my voice. has gone all croaky again. I can feel it and I don't want you to have to enjoy listening to that. I'm just going to say thank you so much for listening. I did start off talking about how I cope with New Year um, and I hope I've covered that a little bit and tried to explain a little bit about how I particularly, because um, I can only talk from my experience, but how people might be feeling about going into the New Year and the passage of time and things like that, but also about how we're going to look forward um, and the things we're going to get up to this year that I might be able to talk about. Thank you for listening. I've said that, but I'm saying it again. I do hope you'll join me again for the next episode. And if you've not listened to the other episodes that are available, I hope you go over and catch those as well. I will see you or hear you again next time. I hope you'll join me again next time on the next episode. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Beeks, which is at B-E-E-C-K-Z. I also have a blog, which is diaryofafatbottomgirl.com, where there's some posts on there I wrote during Chris's treatment and after. If you've got any comments about this episode or any questions about anything you've heard so far in any episode, I'd love to hear from you. Or if there's something you want me to talk about in particular or a subject you'd like me to cover or you want my perspective on, please do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Um, just want to say thank you to bensound.com for the use of any music you've heard in this episode. Again, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me again next time. See you then.